Now more than ever, consumers expect comprehensive and efficient digital solutions when making purchases and managing them. But what does that mean for organizations, individuals, and suppliers within the complex world of travel? This podcast episode is part of a special mini-series of Arc Talk called Omnichannel Chatter, where we sit down with experts and key players in the industry to talk about all things omnichannel retailing. Let's dive in. Welcome to Omnichannel Chatter. You know, as the travel industry continues to emphasize omnichannel retailing, the organizations that are in that ecosystem are really committed to developing strategies that increase travel sales while also creating a seamless customer experience. In this new Arc Talk mini series, um, we're going to explore the dynamic omnichannel retailing space with key stakeholders and introduce new entrants developing omnichannel solutions. So we're excited today. I'm Shelly Younger. I'm the director of airline retailing strategy and head of NDC here at ARC. And I'm joined by my co-host, Sarah Boyd. Hi, Shelly. Thanks. Uh, today, we have a great guest. Uh, we have Steve Domine. Uh, he is the CEO and co-founder of Duffel. So I'm going to allow Steve to introduce himself and give a little bit of background. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me here. Uh, so as, uh, as Sarah said, I'm Steve. I'm the, I'm the CEO of Duffel. I'm originally uh, a software engineer. So I used to work for a payments company in London for a couple of years called GoCardless, uh, who is doing uh, APIs for bank-to-bank -bank payments and had worked in, uh, in, in various industries before that, music, advertising, always as a software engineer, so be, uh, writing code most of the days and um, recently uh, transitioned to the travel industry when founding Duffel and also stopped, uh, stopped coding, uh, which has been a, quite, a, quite a transition for me. Uh, Steve, so if you can explain a little bit about what does Duffel do, if you had to explain it to somebody outside of, let's say, the travel industry or the airline industry, how would you describe it? All right, I'll, I'll give it a shot and then tell me if it's if it works for someone outside. Sounds good. <laughs> so um, we 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 provide a, a cloud platform that um, provides travel merchants with all of the components, all of the tools that they need in order to sell flights. So um, you have the, we, we have the technology that connects to the airline. So the, the, we offer an API and uh, a dashboard, um, but we also um, provide what we call in the industry, the content. So um, all of the regulation and the airline partnerships and IATA and ARC, which I'm sure we're gonna like touch on later on. And we also uh, provide some of the tools that are needed on the payment side. So um, in other words, for the, the non the industry outsiders, I would say we're the kind of one-stop shop if you want to, to sell flights, we provide you everything that you need. Awesome. And that kind of leads me to, um, how did you choose the name for your company? How did you choose Duffel? Um, 
that's very uh, very stupid reason in retrospect so we um, i love stupid reasons go right ahead when, when, when we started the company we we wanted a short memorable name uh and we also wanted the .com to be available. So we wanted to be able to buy the domain name that was associated with it. And as you may know, uh, at this point in history, these are very, very rare or very, very expensive. And um, we kind of randomly like, um, I don't know, thought about this duffel bag and it was like loosely associated with travel in some yep. more like very distant way. And um, the duffel.com at the time seemed available or at least seemed like we could acquire it for a reasonable price and um yeah we didn't get it initially but eventually uh, eventually got it so that, that's the history of the name and yeah there is a town in belgium that has that name so it's causing uh, some problems uh, from time to time but yeah that's fun <laughs> that is actually really fun i uh a tidbit that I did not know about Duffel. So that's great. So you've worked um, as a software engineer. You've also previously founded a, another company. What did you learn from that experience that helped you when you went to launch Duffel? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the thing that has helped me the most, I would say, was my my experience at GoCarless, the, the four years that I spent there. So my my the, the previous company I worked for. Um, we just went through a, a very rapid growth phase and um, everything was was changing and we were newcomers to the to the industry as well. So all of the people there didn't have backgrounds in payments. Uh, and it gave me a lot of confidence when starting Duffer because I had already seen people that didn't know about an industry becoming very successful in it. And uh, it helps. Travel is a lot more complicated than payments, I must say. So I the, the task, but um, it helped a lot, especially uh, initially. Can I follow up on that? You said travel is more complicated. What did what's something surprising when you entered this industry that you didn't realize that you've since learned about? Oh, okay. do I have to say one thing or can I say many things? <laughs> you can say as much as you want. It's your interview. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, yeah, there's been a few things. One is. Um, when, when we started Duffel, we thought it was just going to be about technology. Uh, we, we thought it was just about building APIs and software that were a bit more modern and, and uh, user-friendly than what existed already. And we quickly discovered that there was uh, a world uh, beyond just the technology. When we first got connected to an airline, they started telling us, oh, but um, do you have your IATA number? And we're like, what? Like, what's, what's that IATA number? What? And we quick, quickly realized that if you don't have that and you don't have ticketing authority and a bunch of other things, you just can't do anything, even if you have amazing technology. So that was one of the, the, the most, one of the first like thing that surprised me is how much more there is than just technology. Like we, I think in many ways we were a bit like, um, dumb you know we were like we assumed that it was just like oh no it's going to be easy it's just uh, just about the software but but actually it was not there was a, a lot more than that and then another thing that was quite quite surprising is and especially when i do the comparison with banking and payments is it was pretty old school that space but travel i mean there's just like so much that has been accumulated over time like there's there is um 
uh, a depth to the industry, a depth of knowledge that you need to have that is like not easy to acquire. Like it just like takes yeah. a lot of time. Um, and every airline is treating things in their like own ways and they all have their own rules. And it's very hard to abstract kind of common rules that work across uh, every airline. So we've, we've struggled quite a bit with that, if I'm honest, but yeah. you probably yeah. know that better than, uh, than me. I think, yeah, I think Shelly and I have both, when we started in this industry, gone through that and also watched others go through that exact same learning process. And I think sometimes I, from time to time, I'm still going through it. As Absolutely. I'm afraid to say how many years I've been in the business, but because, um, you know, I started when I was 12, but just kidding. Um, it, it is such a complicated uh, world. And we say that about a lot, but, you know, it takes people years to kind of figure out this business. Yeah. I want to jump in here, Steve. Sarah brought something to, to memory for me. I remember meeting you and watching your team in one of the competitions that IATA had. And I'm sorry, I don't remember which one, but that has been at least that I can remember five or six years ago. And you guys really had, were just starting, you had just started out, you were, you were formed, but if you could go back and tell yourself something then that you know now, what would it be? Oh, um, I think we, we, in a way, like we, we had a lot of good ideas initially and we got hung up on kind of external, um, external blockers. Like we, 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 we heard a lot of people saying, oh, this is not going to be possible. Like you can't do this. And, and so there's actually like a, a lot of things on which we went slower than we could have been if we just had trusted like our instinct and just like went for it. It's like we, I think we, I mean, one good example, for instance, is when we realized that um, um, it wasn't just about technology and there was a lot more beyond that. Um, we decided to flip the model on its head and we, we thought that if we bundle the technology and what we call that content piece, so the kind of um, IATAs and ARCs and getting uh, the, the uh, airlines relationships all kind of bundled in, in one product, um, there was a lot of people we were talking to in the industry that were saying, oh, no, this, like, this is like different. This is not going to work. You can't do that. And so we ended up not going for it very frankly. We were kind of slow and... And then in the end, it turned out to be great. Like uh, merchants love it. Uh, it's uh, they, that's how it should be in their mind, especially the newcomers to the industry. They don't want to deal with that complexity when they're just starting out. And um, I feel like we've we've lost time in a way by not uh, going for it fully. So I would I would tell myself just go for it, ignore the naysayers, and uh, and see you on the other side. So talking about naysayers, if um... I read an article in Skift from earlier this year where you were quoted um, and talking about some of the challenges that you guys uh, have overcome. So what would skeptics, what are skeptics saying about what Duffel is doing? Uh, you talked about the risk of oversimplification um, and, and agencies um, 
trying having to explain to travelers all of the different options and perhaps airlines um, not liking how you're presenting content, for instance. Uh, what do you think the skeptics out there are saying about Duffel now? I mean, the one of the one of the big struggle that we've had with with the skeptics is convincing them that um, um, removing friction to accessing travel content and to building products in the travel industry and specifically on the airline side was actually gonna um, supercharge innovation. Uh, if you if you let developers, entrepreneurs um, build products, like come up with new ideas, um, that's, that's gonna make everything better. And in order to do that, you need to make it easy for them to do so. And today it's not easy. Um, from a technical standpoint and from a content standpoint, it's it's a long road if you decide to start uh, a product in the travel industry, especially if you are new to it. And that point didn't resonate as well with 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 people initially with skeptics. They just they didn't see it as as a blocker. And I think also from insiders to the industry, there is a resistance to it because obviously it will bring change and. Uh, it will threaten some of the existing businesses, and and nobody nobody likes that if you yep. if you're already in place. Change is hard, especially yeah. when you have people who've been doing this for a long time. So. so, Steve, what is the biggest challenge that you feel like you're addressing right now? Is it COVID related? Is it non-COVID related? Is it a little of both? Yeah, it's a little of both, probably. I would say, uh, in that the, the 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 biggest challenge really for us is we're early stage startup that is building a product and trying to find that that product market fit and getting to the point where like things really explode. And um, we've gotten like a good way there, but then we had this kind of uh, event, COVID, that. Um, created a lot of noise it's it's hard you know there is no benchmark anymore there is no seasons like all of the things are kind of off the chart and because we started so early or just before all of it happened really um we don't have a baseline so i see you know i see gds like quoting like year over year uh bookings volume or airlines doing the same and we don't have that baseline, so it's hard for us to tell. Like, are things going well, or they are, or they're not? Uh, is it because of COVID, or is it something that we're messing up in our product? Um, so that that makes things quite challenging for us. I could definitely, I could definitely see that. We're, you know, everybody is saying it, but it is, you know, truly unprecedented times. So it's it's tough to tell if if the direction is up, down, sideways whatever <laughs> yeah, it feels like a moving moving target for us all the time you just yeah don't know what you're working towards definitely so what's going to be what's on your radar over the next few years for duffel where are you, what new features are you thinking of adding or, or expanding where, where do you really see duffel going over the next couple of years yeah um i mean i'd say like we, we still have um we, we still have a um a lot of the basics on the flight side that we we want to sort out. Like we've um, we've made great headways in providing a, a really simple, consistent API, but 
who are finding holes all the time. Um, baggage allowances, the way like different airlines treat fair brands and fair families. And um, so we really want to make that super, super solid because that's the kind of foundation that um, um, that merchant will need in order to provide a great consumer experience. Um, recently, we've been investing a lot in payments. We've identified payments as uh, big pain points for a lot of merchants. They, uh, especially in travel, like payment processors or or not easy to work with, not, e not easy to find, are, are usually like quite expensive usually. Um, and, um, and there is a lot of work that needs to happen in order to do the reconciliation with the bookings that you've made. And so we've identified a lot of opportunities to, to make things more seamless and provide more uh, payment options for customers. Uh, so we've, we're investing a lot in that and that's gonna continue uh, uh, for the foreseeable future, I, I, I believe. And then, um, and then we were investing a lot as well in, uh, in everything that makes, um, that kind of accelerates adoption of, um, of the technology that we're building, but also, uh, the things that are coming up with NDC. Uh, so we, we, we have released, uh, earlier this year, um, uh, an API for seed selection. And one of the first thing we realized was that obviously like you could find that in the GDS, um, but it's not that, it's not just about accessing the data for like providing a great seed selection experience. It's actually under, understanding it, building, being able to build the UI that works well on mobile and the web. Um, so there's a layer of complexity uh, on top of, of the data that we're trying to uh, also, um, also fix and and make better for for merchants. So, um, yeah. In in summary, I think these are the, the three big areas in which we've invested historically, and we're we are kind of continuing to invest uh, in in the next few years. One thing I was thinking about, Steve, was <clears throat> I have a kind of a two part question. How do you make it? How do you make it easier? for travel agencies to connect with um, suppliers in the market, airlines, hotels, et cetera. But, you know, we're, we're obviously, Sarah and I are heavy, heavy duty into the airline side. The airline side. Um, but, you know, and so that's kind of part one. And then part two is what really sets, what would you say if you were trying to sell it to me in one word, what would you say sets you apart from others that do what you do yeah and, and i think that the answer to the both both parts of the questions are like very uh, uh tightly coupled so we we we've as i was saying earlier we've really flipped the model on its head so um my experience coming in the industry has been that um there is software that has been built for airlines initially to serve the purpose of the airlines. Um, and then there is a layer that the GDS has brought in that serves the purpose of the, the travel agencies. Um, and then you have um, IATA and ARC that are providing some of the, the kind of what I call regulatory. It's not regulatory per se, but you know, it's like the, the kind of Ouch. key. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> 
the, the keys to the kingdom like you you you're like making it easier for the airlines to identify the travel agents uh you're like helping with the flows of monies um and all of the different pieces you have to tie together as a travel agent and when we came in we said what if we offer the product that tied all the pieces for the merchants directly so they don't they don't have to think about it they just uh they they use the product and um this is something we had seen um happening in other industries i was talking about payments earlier uh there are players like uh stripe or plaid or uh, adn or other some of these payments company that came in and built software and they took care of a lot of the the kind of regulatory concerns and partnerships with the banks and a bunch of other things and they just offer a simple product that um that developers and 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 entrepreneurs can use and we wanted to offer the same experience in travel um we really focused on that path from i have an idea for a product in travel to i have a product that's live and people are using it and we just everything that we could do therefore we've we're just doing it and leaving the minimal minimal layer to the merchants and ideally they would just focus on the product and the user experience and the, the kind of services that they want to offer they wouldn't have to worry about everything that's underneath i love that i do too that's awesome and and hopefully it answers the second part of your question i think that's that's how we've kind of differentiated ourselves we'll that's great that because there's so many Sarah and I talk about this all the time is there are so many different pieces to the ecosystem right and every people who are in it sometimes get it sometimes don't but if you're just in it a little bit this all kind of sounds like latin in some cases so i appreciate and, the way you laid that out yeah and it, it it it's scary like the changing in the industry is scary because and you taking the ability to take on a lot of the work for for the TMCs is i think a huge benefit i'm going to go in a slightly different direction um as you're looking at the industry over the next let's say 5 years where do you hope that there the industry goes um what would you like to see happen over the next 5 years There are a few things I could pick here. I'm going to focus on one um which I I care dearly about as a a, a consumer but also as uh as as the CEO of Defer and that's automation. Um I think there is a massive opportunity for for automation in the industry that would benefit every party in the value chain. Um whether it's consumers the the travelers uh the travel agencies the suppliers the airlines the hotels and everybody else um especially when it comes to the post booking experience uh we are in the the bronze age i think of of that there is so much more that could be done um and yeah that that's something i'm quite passionate about and uh, and and at the fair we also 
um, investing quite a quite a lot of resources into. Uh, it's very early. It's massively complex, uh, especially on the airline side. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's, there, there would be like a lot of value there, and that's yeah, that's that's one thing that I that will see um, that will see um, happening uh, over the over the the next yeah five to ten years. Um, what I heard something in there, if you don't mind exploring, or you may just say, Shelley, I don't. Want- I don't want to talk about that. Um, I sensed maybe not even frustration, but can you give me a personal or a live example of something of automation that you, if you could kind of, that's impacted you in this industry, that if you could wave your wand tomorrow that you would fix? Yeah, I mean, we... um... We launched we launched the API right before COVID, and we were super happy. We were seeing volume growing, and everything was nice and rosy. And then mm-hmm. um, again, like we were we were we we didn't know because we had not done it before. We COVID hit, and then we started seeing like cancellations flowing around, and like changes, and we're kind of like, okay, like how how do we deal with this? And being I mean, a lot of the team is engineers, so we looked for like a code first solution. We're like, surely we can all automate all of that, provide self-serve um, services. I mean, we weren't quite that naive. I'm, I'm making it um, I'm maybe like caricaturing a bit, but we thought there was a lot more opportunities for automation than there actually were. And uh, I mean, that has hit us like very badly and everyone else in the industry, of course, but yeah, there are a lot of cases that, I think cases of disruption or like changes that consumers want to do that could be self-served or done automatically. And it's not happening today for various reasons. I think we all feel your pain there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What excites you about your space in the industry or the industry itself? Is there something you haven't talked about or that you want to expand on that really kind of gets you excited to to stay to stay in this crazy? Yeah, uh, yeah. There are a few things. I, I um, one of the one of the, the the kind of big opportunity that I see is for um, travel to be available in a, a lot more channels, like the channels where the the consumers are so um today you we have this kind of superstores of travel where we go to whether it's for business or leisure you know otas or tmcs and um i see massive opportunities for travel to be embedded in many many places and it's quite interesting because someone pointed out to me uh um recently that there is this whole thing that's happening in the fintech space and finance of embedded finance like finance becoming a part of every company and um and i i wouldn't say it's the same for travel it probably doesn't have has broad of a scope but i do think that it could be uh in in much more places than it is today and one of the one of the the, the ideas we've played with is if we give the opportunities for more businesses that are tangential to travel you think like ride sharing companies uh, events organizer conference organizers whether they are like sports uh, venues or um they all implied some form of travel um, i mean maybe not flights or trains or but um in, in many cases they will and 
uh, it would be nice if rather than having to deal with that experience and then going to the superstore of travel to buy or change or do anything, you could do it in the place that um, that you are. And I get I get very, very fired up about that. That's awesome. That is awesome. One other question before we move on. Um, <clears throat> you've just brought up something that, you know, our industry loves to kind of create words and create sort of acronyms. Yeah, we love acronyms, but like for instance, omni-channel. That is that is it's been a hot word for a while. It's it's continuing to be a hot word. Um, I, I think it's a fancy way of saying <laughs> to me, having an experience across multiple channels, but you just brought up to me another aspect of of omni-channel, which is like for instance, I was on the Target app doing something and I was buying something related to my travel. Well, wouldn't it have been kind of cool if I could say, wow, you know what? I bought this. It makes me think about traveling to such and such. I want to be able to actually search for a hotel. Maybe it's not even flight or maybe it's something else, but is that how you see omni-channel or how do you really see omni-channel in your view? Yeah, I think um, I, I, my understanding of the, the the kind of industry definition is um, is that, and I and I, uh, I think you you put it in a way that was like quite nice, uh, like the buy anywhere, service anywhere, and um, that's I mean for me that's the vision of omni-channel. I think one of the things that I realized was that maybe the definition of the channels was a bit broader in the context of Duffer, we're actually like seeing like more channels than people in the industry are, are seeing, but um, but it's 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 in the same vein. And um, yeah, I mean, your example is great. One of the ones uh, that I've, I've um, personally like, um, I would like to see coming to life is um, whenever you're ride sharing to uh, an airport, it would be really neat if the ride sharing app could like pull all of the details of your trip inside the, the ride sharing app and oh, yeah. um, already like you know like tell, put you in the right gate how many times i've jumped in the uber and i'm like oh like which gate do i need to go and you have to ask yep. the uber driver which if you're lucky knows like where all of the airlines are like departing from and if not you just have to like see free emails or the Not apps the and best. <laughs> yeah yeah i really you know it would just like come through automatically tell you you're going to this gate by the way we're running a bit late i can upsell you on the like fast track through security and you can buy it right there in the uber app and it's going to come through your kind of uber bill and and then I don't know, maybe Uber needs to be connected to Arc so that you know, like they they get their money in the end. But that that's that's the kind of as a consumer, that's the stuff that I get excited about. That's that's what I put behind the omni-channel um, term. I love it. Awesome. I do. That is awesome, actually. Arc Travel Demand offers timely visibility into air travel activity from the industry's most accurate and comprehensive airline sales and traffic data. Users gain insight into the current travel environment and upcoming travel demand with data up to 12 months in the future and five years of historical data for benchmarking. So 
So we, you know, our, our subject matter can sometimes be a bit dry, um, but we get excited about it. But we also wanted to, to kind of make the podcast hopefully a little bit fun. And so we're going to do what we call a lightning round, which is um, Sarah and I are going to go back and forth pretty quickly and ask you a question. And it's going to be kind of fun, but somewhat travel related. And you have to try to give a one or two word answer. And it has to be the first thing that comes off your mind, Stephen. So you can't sit and think about it for a long time. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to have a little fun with travel and, and Steve. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. And then Sarah's going to, going to come in after that. So let's, let's, let's kick it off now. What's the most beautiful place you've ever visited? Uh, Scotland has to be. Cool. I've never been. Um, so what's your favorite airport? And if you can't think of a favorite airport, will allow you to do a travel experience. Airports, um, terminal or the word airports? <laughs> Whatever. If you have a specific terminal, that's, that's even better. <laughs> um, <laughs> What airport? I'd probably say Doha. 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 I haven't been there. Okay. I have been there. Okay. Interesting. What's the, if you were going to a desert island, what is the one book? And no, it can't be a Kindle or, you know, a technology device. What's the one book that you would bring with you? Uh, You got me there because I was definitely (laughs) going to go for the Kindle. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Um, well, I'll tell you the last book I've read, uh, Amazon, okay. Amazon Unbound, uh, which is a, a book by Brad Stone on the, on the Amazon story. So uh, that, that would be the one. But if I, if I had more time to think, I'd probably think of another one. <laughs> Later tonight, you're going to go. Oh, oh I should have said answer. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish I could have come up with a clever, like, answer, you know, for like a great book, but no, not the case. So what's Love. the best piece of advice that you'd give someone? Um, just have fun. Just, yeah, Love don't it. take things too seriously. That's brilliant. That's awesome. And then the last question is, would you prefer to have the superpower of invisibility, mind reading, or flight? Flight has to be flight. That's what I said. <laughs> who's gonna, in this industry, who's going to choose anything other than flight? I know. I can't wait for Sony to choose something else. <laughs> Mind reading is very tempting. Uh, I would uh, not want that. No. No. Yeah. No. I would be miserable like all the time. Yeah. Probably doesn't go well with uh, have fun as the a, as a best advice. I think if you're really fine, probably. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, Steve, uh, we can't thank you enough for being for joining us and being our our first sort of guest podcast in this podcast pig. series. So thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arc Talk Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow ARC on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest updates. We look forward to bringing you more in-depth discussions around omnichannel retailing in this series.